The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. Welcome to the 84th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with the proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz and I am the host of this lovely show. Joining with me back from the Daily's Place, black, back from Jacksonville, is my good friend Floyd Johnson Jr. Floyd, how you doing? I am doing well. <clears throat> uh... A quick trip to Jacksonville last week was amazing. Got to see some friends. Got to see a hell of a show, which we'll talk about in just a second. And yeah, it's feeling like Jacksonville is the new version of Chicago for me because I feel like I'm there every few months. And it's yeah, not going to stop. It's, just, it's not, yeah, <laughs> not going to stop it for a good while. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at least it's at least it's not like. Miami because then it would just like I mean especially during I mean how bad was the weather decent because I, I always forget like around November because I've been to uh, Florida many times like during December times and it's like I'm still wearing shorts but like was it all right it was all right it wasn't cold but it wasn't you know like you know it wasn't hot or anything it was actually a perfect temperature to watch a show outside it was like it was so perfect I didn't pay attention to the temperature Perfect. That's awesome. But yeah, want to welcome you guys to All Things Elite this week. We got a lot to talk about. We're going to go quickly through Full Gear. We're a little late on a review for Full Gear. I know everyone's probably talked about it. We'll talk about our favorite moments and such and kind of go over the big moments of the show real quick. And then we got Dynamite to go over and some other news. But before we get into the show real quick, I want to make sure you're downloading this show on Google or Apple Podcasts. And if you listen on Spotify, Giving us a share, you can do through that, Google or Apple Podcasts as well. Please leave a rating and a review. And if you are so inclined to, you can also leave a donation through our podcast provider, Red Circle. And if you want to support us on social media, please follow us on the Twitters. At AT Elite Pod is the show's Twitter account. Social Suplex is at Social Suplex. Myself is SZoomer4 on Twitter. You can now follow me. Political shit is done. I've recently just been tweeting about Unis Honest, so shout out to everyone who watches that. And Floyd Johnson Jr. is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Now, real quick, the big news of the week was on Tuesday this week, we had the AEW Games 1.0 stream, which the way they, hand, they showcased it was 
very interesting. Very uh, a lot of people would say probably a little corny with the way that they went on with their announcements. I can totally understand that. The Steve Jobs parody is a thing, and um, they really hammed it up uh, with having not only Kenny doing announcements, but they also had Britt Baker, Aubrey, and Cody Rhodes all dressed up in Bill Gates. I mean, not Bill Gates, uh, Steve Jobs attire. And what we can tell you is, I mean, they they announced a good amount considering that, like, uh, they still got a lot of work to do with, like, most of the stuff was really early just making the announcement that, hey, this is happening. Because they announced two mobile games, being that they had a GM mode mobile game, which that already makes a mobile game sound better, that you're doing a GM mode style. So that's a good plus. And then the early game that they're going to try to get out by, I believe, December is when they listed it, was a double or nothing casino game. So it'll be just kind of like a basic casino game with like those type of mobile games, which, I mean, like, are aren't like scarce on the app store or anything like that but you know it's good to get something out real quickly because i mean people are salivating for games for aw especially their main announcement which was that they are working with ukes for a console game with aew that will be on current gen and next gen consoles and they are very much going down the style of no mercy wwf no mercy from the n64 they even got one of the legendary Japanese designers from the original game, No Mercy, on board for the development of the AEW video game on console, which, I mean, that alone was just like, fucking A, they're really going for this. And they're promising a game on the style of No Mercy and of the quality of No Mercy. So, I mean, this is, you're promising a lot, so we're hoping that it just knocks it out of the park. But Floyd, as a somewhat gamer, mostly sports gamer, but... Overall, looking at this uh, announcement, because I'm more of a gamer than I would say that you are, because I only see you play Warframe and Madden. Uh, your thoughts on this uh, announcement show? Okay, so let me break it down. I play Warframe, Madden, and I play whatever wrestling game comes out every year. So, as far as my childhood or my teenage years, my favorite game was WWF No Mercy. So the idea that they're bringing out a game in that realm, in that play style, is like a dream come true for me. And it's with the AEW people. So I am going to be like initial pre-order. I'm going to be on top of everything with it. So I'm very excited about that game. The GM game will be on my phone. And I will play it. For a while at start, I don't know how long I'm going to be into it, but I know I'm going to play it. The casino game is more depending on what it is. If it's just like AEW slot machine, I will, I will probably download it to give it a download and never touch it because I don't like slot machines. But if it's a full casino where you can either play poker, blackjack, or whatever in the app, then I'll it'll stay on my phone forever. So, But as far as gaming, I always say I play games. I'm not a gamer because... To me, gamers talk about uh, shit like refresh rate and quality and all that stuff. And I'm just like, man, it looks cool. And then I play it. That's how I'm like. So, like, almost like for a, a really nerdy game that I got to PS5 this week, it's kind of wasted on me. Because I'm probably not going to enjoy all the super nerdy things about the PS5. I'm just going to talk about it from, oh, it's fun to play my games on. Like, Spider-Man's pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, the idea that uh, you'll have the ease to pick up game 
and Yuke's doing it is great. Uh, you know, I I try not to get on WWE dropping the ball, but losing Yuke's pretty much made their game suck. So yeah, I mean that was the whole <laughs> killing point with 2K. I mean, like last year. Yeah, so it was. It's just a ga- great game engine. Uh, one thing I would love for AEW to do, and it's the same thing I had with WWE. I would rather them come out with a game bi-yearly. Yes. And then in in the year in between, you have like a major update that's like nine ninety nine. But I want you to give th- th- each series time to you know make it I you know like different from the series before without changing the gameplay too much. That was the thing with WWE. The first thing 2K did is start making tweaks to the gameplay. And I thought that was the dumbest thing ever. The gameplay was great. It was like you wanted more in-depth stories, uh, open world concept, maybe different ways to make your own story. Was Bring different back thing. GM mode. Bring back GM mode. Those are the kind of things you wanted in the game. But they started trying to mess with the gameplay, which I think... You know, if you go back to 2K17, 2018, these were the easiest games to just pick up and play because the controls changed very little year to year. And I think that's what you should always try to stick to. So I suggest that for AEW. I'm looking forward to Cody's entrance. That's going to be amazing. All the explosions. And hopefully, hopefully, since... You know, it's a game they'll have the different stadiums, so they'll have like the original Double or Nothing stadium. And yeah, make, Sears Center. It, yeah, uh, it's Sears Center. And when, you know, the Double or Nothing in Vegas, you, you could do the Cody uh, crushing the uh, uh, crushing the uh, chair. You know, yeah, the, the throne. throne. Crushing the throne uh, uh, entrance. And that would be pretty cool. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, making it customizable. On that level of Fire Pro is another big thing. People like to make their own wrestlers, like to add wrestlers from different companies. It's just like, if you want to, you have the blueprint on how to make a near-perfect wrestling game. And there's no such thing as a perfect one, but you have a lot of years of different wrestling games and a lot of people saying what they love and what they didn't love. And a company that's worked on a ton of wrestling games already. Yeah, a ton of wrestling games already. So, And you're building from scratch, so people don't know what to expect. So I'm really looking forward to it going forward. And real quick before we get into uh, Full Gear, I'll I'll say my thoughts real quick because I didn't grow up with uh, No Mercy. I I did get an N64 for my friend, and I grabbed No Mercy pretty cheap. Um, and I enjoyed it, even though I hate the N64 controller, because um, I, I started with GameCube and PS2, um, and my first uh, wrestling game was uh, SmackDown vs. Raw 2010. Um, but my favorite wrestling game is WWE All-Stars, and already the graphic style, with it being like a little bit over the top with how the wrestlers look, gives me a bit of an All-Stars vibe, which if that's kind of the vibe, like... A mix, like mostly no mercy, but if you have a little bit of like all stars and just the way that the characters move and how you can like maybe perform how reversals are performed or how combos can be performed and whatnot, I'm all for it. Also, I mean, in the trailer, you have Sheeta beating up uh Kenny Omega, which in my mind, you can do intergender wrestling. Fuck yes, that's that's totally awesome. And like, we haven't seen that in a wrestling video game, so I think that's really really cool. So I mean, it's not announced, but the fact that they showed it in the trailer, like, come on, why would they show it otherwise? But, 
yeah, honestly, looks really good. Still very early. We got a long time before we get to see more from it. But, I mean, like, pretty damn good announcement. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm looking forward. I'm down with waiting the year or whatever. I, I say it's very important that they get it right and that the initial release be exactly what they want it to be. The reason being is I remember No Mercy, uh, WCW versus NWO World Tour. Um, oh, yeah, WCW, uh, WCW World Tour and WCW versus NWO Revenge. I had friends that became wrestling fans because they played the video game. So if the video game is good enough, it can actually bring people to AEW. So, so that's why I was like, make sure it's good. 100%. Yeah. You've, you built it up on the level of no no mercy. People are going to expect nothing less. So best of luck to them on that endeavor. But now let's, let's talk full gear. Very briefly, because, I mean, the show happened about a week ago. People have already had their opinions on it. People have already shared their thoughts on the show. We have a man who was there on the inside, Floyd Johnson Jr. I'm going to mostly let you take the reins on your thoughts on the show. I'll offer my favorite match and moment in the show. But, Floyd, I mean, you were there. How was the show? Okay. People have asked me a lot about the show and because I was there and where I would rank it. All Out is going to be number one for me forever. Uh, as a person that was there with me, uh, Austin and his sister Sydney will know why. I was in the first row for the show. We got the Escalara de la Muerte. We got Arn Anderson throwing a spine buster on uh, Sean Spears in a match with Cody. And then we got the first AEW champion. For me, historically... I don't see a show beating that. Also, debut of OC and me and Cindy were on the hard cam. Again, I don't see a show beating that. That is just, I'm like, I can go to a hundred shows and it would have to be kind of, basically I have to be in first row and Cody wins the world title to beat what I experienced at All Out. So that is always going to be my number one show. My number two show course it's going to be double or nothing that one can be beat but number three i have to say full gear 20 was is right there for me as far as live experiences um it had my favorite tag live tag team match of all time uh ftr versus the young bucks uh dave Meltzer rated it 5.25 i will tell anybody I will, I am being 100% honest, I do not expect anybody to feel about the match the way I felt about the match. The reason being, you're literally taking my two favorite tag teams, period, and having them in a match. You are also taking, because I can't take emotion out of ratings. To anybody that can, great, you're, you're good, but wrestling is emotion for me, right? If the match doesn't have emotion, it could be amazing and everything. If it doesn't make me feel something, I'm never going to like it. So this story, people have talked about the buildup on the AEW show. For someone like me that follows both of these teams, the buildup didn't mean shit to me. The buildup started, the buildup started in um, 2000, I think it was 15 or uh, when or 2016 when I met FTR 
And, well, the second time I met him, and literally we stood there, me not ever seeing a Young Bucks match before, other than them being Generation Me. Uh, we made fun of the Young Bucks for about two or three minutes. It was hilarious. And, you know, the FTR stayed in roll. They're great. Then I met the Young Bucks later that year. And those dudes were so amazing and so nice and everything. And then I started watching them wrestle. And it was like, oh, my God, FTR, Young Bucks, amazing tag teams. But they started their little rivalry online talking shit back and forth to each other. The whole, they basically named FTR. Because the FTR name comes from being the elite. Think about that. They named FTR. FTR is a direct response to Fuck the Revival that Cody started. And them chanting out Fuck the Revival. So the tension and everything, the, the build up this match was done long before AEW existed. Anything that they did on TV up to that was just adding a little extra salt. So the I said, no matter where this show was in the world, where this match was, the first time these two wrapped up, I would be there. So I made sure I was there, and it was everything I could expect. It had old school, it had new school, it had FTR paying homage to their greatest rivals uh, with the bulldog from the top rope was the finishing move of America Alpha. The uh, knee and kick combination, you know, meeting in the middle was the, uh, was the move of DIY. Then they threw a shout out to both of their favorite wrestlers, Bret Hart, by doing the heart attack. It was pretty much a history of the FTR. You got a history of FTR. So then the Young Bucks bust out their influences and they say, hey, they do a 3D you know, because they, you know, uh, 3D and then they do the Hardy Brothers combination. And then I know they've called it the BTE trigger, but really it's the golden trigger, right? It's really the finishing move of one of their greatest rivals, Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi, who had, they had the great match with in New Japan. So if you know the stories of these teams... You you feel every part of it, and you felt every part of the match. And at the end, you can. Uh, I've heard people like, "I can beat you doing what you're doing." I've heard that. Me, I take it as this: Tully wasn't in the ring, so instead of sticking to the game plan, uh, Cash Wheeler didn't have somebody to pull back the reins, so he went up for you know a 450, and he missed. And the fact that he gets super kicked with the leg that they purposely tried to injure. Man, that was amazing to me. It My heart was pumping. I literally got a tear in my eye, which I don't do very much, but that's the ultimate epitome of wrestling and making you feel. And, yeah, I felt this match on a whole new level. My favorite tag team match live. I just cared about the wrestler so much. Again, don't expect anyone to have the same experience as I did, uh, but it was amazing. Uh, and as far as the rest of the show, I felt like this was their best in-ring show from Hangman and Kenny putting on an amazing match at the beginning of the show. Cody and Darby with the uh, title change and Cody presenting the belt was amazing. And then last but not least, Moxley and Eddie Kingston going through there and killing each other. 
Uh, so yeah, that was my. I just wanted to give my overall thoughts on the show because I know I can get long-winded at the time. Now, Austin, I hand the reins to you. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you you put it really, really, really well, and I, I will say because. I mean, I loved. I I really liked your ratings of the pay per views that you've been of your favorite AEW pay per views. See, it's a toss up for me because it's either for me it's All Out and Revolution, and they go back and forth. They go back and forth for me every single time, just because of um, those shows overall. And but I, overall, I mean, like with Full Gear this year, they did really good. The fact that they opened up with Kenny Hangman was huge for me because I was so hyped for that match. It did not disappoint. They went to hell and back and beat the hell out of each other. If people were waiting to see Kenny back in his cleaner mode and back in his truly one of the best wrestlers, if not the best wrestler in the world, there he is. He's here. He's not going away either because we get to see more of singles Kenny just ripping people apart. And that tag match, like, fucking A, man. It's like... Every time I think they can't top themselves with the Young Bucks or just the way that they put on tag title matches on uh, on pay-per-view, they always come through and top it. And everyone else on the card, there wasn't a bad match on the card. Even people who didn't know really what to think about the Elite Deletion match, very entertaining, if not uh, quiet for a lot of it because the commentators decided halfway through, oh, we should probably talk over this because they have no music in the background or anything or sound effects. We should probably add something to this. Otherwise, it's just going to be really awkwardly quiet, which I was glad that they noticed that and then quickly jumped on it as soon as they were like, oh, there's no music. I mean, Jericho and MJF did really well. The just the the women's match was good as well. The, the I Quit match was like, if anything, it showed Eddie Kingston really in his habitat with the type of matches that he shines the most at. And it was a really, really great show. Probably top five uh, overall, in my opinion. And I was unbelievably jealous that you were there. And to anybody else who was there, I'm jealous of you. And I don't feel bad saying that I wanted to take your spot. I couldn't take your spot, but I wanted to. But, yeah, I got nothing else to say, honestly. That show... It, that show blew me away. It, it it blew me away in the time to the point where I did not take my laptop uh, with me to the show and because of that. Because I, I was trying to travel as light as possible because it was a quick turnaround. Uh, I was upset because I really wanted to record after the show, and I, I was like, a, I had a feeling that you would you like. I was waiting for you to message me because I didn't know if you brought it or your stuff or not. And then I was like, when he didn't, he's either like, either he's dead tired or he doesn't have his stuff. No, yeah, I, I just didn't have my stuff. I wanted to record so bad. I went, I went back and I was like, I literally was only going to get like five hours of sleep before I had to get on an airplane. I was like, dude, if I could talk about this show right now, I would. <laughs> and I just it couldn't. But it was it was great, and it was like, man, that was great for my last trip to Jacksonville. And then dynamite happened, so. I'll let you lead us right into that. Yeah, getting into AEW Dynamite for this week, we opened up with FTW, Team FTW, uh, showing up. Team Taz, more so. Uh, and they come out, and the new TNT champion, Darby Allen's up in the rafters, just watching. He's the new face of TNT, but Taz has no re- says Darby has no respect 
for anybody, and then joins the commentary as Matt Seidel gets a dynamite match. Hell yes. I was very happy to see this. The thing that got me excited with this this dynamite in general was that people that haven't been on dynamite in a while were going to be on dynamite. And I was glad about that because, I mean, not that I'm tired with the people that they already have on dynamite and that they showcase frequently, but it's nice to see them showcasing people that we haven't seen recently. And like Ty Conti and having Anna Jay there and having Sean Spears, who's been on a couple times, but like keep having him on. He's great. And having Scorpio Sky back on, like, fuck yeah. Continue to mix up a little bit. Like, obviously, continue your storylines in a way that makes sense so that way we don't forget about them. But having new people on Dynamite is genuinely nice to see. Um, So we have Matt Seidel versus the FTW champion, the machine, Brian Cage with absolute Ricky Starks on the sidelines. And, like, honestly, the only thing I, like, match was good. The only thing I keep remembering is the finish of the match when Seidel jumps off the top rope, kind of looking for a neck breaker, and then he gets caught in a suplex in midair and then gets hit with a drill claw. That shit, like, I was like, how? Like, you're built like a brick shit house, and then all of a sudden you just see him catch him, like, while he's, like, per- like he's, par- like, parallel with him, and then he just catches him on his shoulder, hits him with the drill claw, finishes the match. Like, yeah, that was such a, a good finish. That was an amazing finish. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Matt Seidel is great for a good, a good, good for a great finish. And the big thing is, uh, Brian Cage gave him a lot of offense during the match. He did. It wasn't just a squash match. It looked it really impressive. It, it stuck with the idea of the first match of Dynamite. It still had that first match of Dynamite feel. And when you said earlier that you like that some people that are not on Dynamite were on this week... It also builds up the importance of the pay-per-view. I've always hated when it would be like they'd have this, they'd be like, the hell in the cell is going to change your life. People don't come out the same. I mean, just using this as an example, and then they go in there and they tear the hell down. They tear hell in the cell down, and it's an amazing match. And then they're in the first match of the night the the next day. It's like, yeah, it's like, Okay, I understand that match was important, but sell the injury a little bit, you know? Yeah. It's like you have, you know, and the, and the AEW has a huge roster, you know? Give some other people some TV time. There's Absolutely. nothing wrong with it. And I just thought, I thought that was, I was really impressed that they did that on this show. Yeah, and, every, and everyone who came up and uh, had a match on Dynamite this week did a really good job. I will say this for 100% fact and like, if there's anybody who can give you a memorable finish consistently, I feel like it's Matt Seidel. I mean, the one thing that people constantly look to him was the RKO in midair out of the airborne. Like that alone, like is gift and watched over as one of the craziest things that people have seen. And I say like, like it's obviously not like, out of nowhere like you would expect but just the the power of Brian Cage and just the way that that just worked fluidly like you just he just catches him and then holds him for a bit then hit nails him in the drill claw it was fucking sick like I Matt Seidel man I mean you give him a chance to do something I think he could do really well and he's shown he makes somebody look really good by how they finish a match and he's one of those guys that don't age you know I doesn't. don't. I really don't. Doesn't. I don't think if you see him now and you saw him back then, that you can tell much of a difference in the athleticism. 
he looks just as athletic as he did as a young person. I know he can still throw the shooting star, so it's not a big deal. It's just he's kind of adapted his style to be, you know, more Matt friendly, which is good as you get older. Yeah. Now we had the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes, former TNT champion, come out to the ring. First of all, congratulates TNT champ, new TNT champion Darby Allen. Talks about how Arn Anderson and him will no longer will not be seeking a rematch at this current time. He had his mindset though on MJF before someone just walks in, and it happens to be Jade Cargill. Did and you know who this in. was before when she came out? No, I did not. But I kind of when I saw her walk in, I was like fucking someone got this girl out of a bodybuilding contest because holy shit she's ripped and at the same time she's gorgeous and I was just like I was taken aback and yeah. then of course first thing he, she does is grab Cody's tie and just kind of look at him and I'm just like oh and I was expecting something to happen which did and so Jade Cargill introduces herself and says how she's been sitting on the sidelines studying competition and um Lists Cody's nicknames, American Nightmare, Prince of Pro Wrestling, and thinks he says, I believe once you called yourself the giant killer and said, there's nothing giant about you, which got a good pop. And um, she knows a giant, a real giant, and giant killer should watch out. She's nothing to be played with. Congratulations on your name, but I guess you didn't have the balls to go by one name because the giant that she's talking about is a real star and goes by one name. Shaq. Okay, so I'm just going to stop for a second. All the names that were going through my head. I was like, maybe Greg Khali. Maybe they had someone in the training class that was tall. I was like, okay, did they sign the big show? Uh, did they uh, get, bring him out there? Every, like, every person that was tall that has ever took a bump was going through my head that's still alive. And, uh, yeah. You know what name was it? It was not one of them. Shaq was not one of them. Uh, I don't know. Did, did you? Were you starting like, oh man, they're talking about Shaq? That was very much not where I thought they were going with that. And when I heard, first of all, I heard the one name, and I was like, I, I was taken aback a little bit. I was like, wait, did she say? And then I was like, heard uh, uh, Excalibur go, Shaq, and I was like. Oh my God! She did they're, say they're, Shaq. Yeah, I was they're, like, they're 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 getting Shaq. Um, I want to mention too, Brandy Rhodes showed up and then got like real Michigan real fast. Like her Midwest came out hard, and I I respect the hell out of her for going. Like she got ratchet. Like oh my God, it was so it was so yeah, good. People forget like, this chick is from Detroit. Oh no, yeah. no 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 no! I never forgot she was. Yeah, people she was forget from my state, my city. <laughs> yeah, so people forget she's from Detroit. A little bit of that Detroit came out of her. I had never, I had never heard her go there, but people forget, you know. We, you, you know, you you on the you're on the show, huh? You're on the. I was sh- just gonna say, you know what she, 
Oh, sorry. Um, I was just gonna say because you know what was happening before because she saw that she saw what was happening in the ring and then she starts walking back with her headphones on and she's got that Beyonce on way your hand side two side two side two side put it in the air and she's getting hyped because she's about to go out and smack a bitch. <laughs> was, so I knew that was going in her head. So I'm just gonna say, people think because you talk you talk well, you speak well, and you don't get angry all the time that you don't have that in you. And uh, Randy showed, yeah, it's 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 right there under the surface. You don't go after Cody. She she is <laughs> she is the mama lion. She you don't uh, you don't go after Cody, uh, or she will put you firmly back in your place. I feel personally, she saved this segment because I kind of agree. Yeah, I love. The presence that Jay Cardwell Cargill brings. I did not know who she was. Now that I know who she was, I love the presence that she brings. But because I didn't know who she was, and she was a bit long-winded, I was starting to lose interest. And I honestly probably would have had this as one of the worst AEW segments ever. Because, you know, the surprise was Shaq, and I'm like, eh. You know, let's just be real. I was like, eh. How many times have the WWE teased that Shaq was going to wrestle at some point? And it just feels like every time they tease it, he never follows through. So that pop, that like the initial pop that I got like when Shaq and the Big Show are going up against each other, you're not getting it now because I know it generally doesn't lead to anything. That's just, you know, hardcore nerd fan. I know casual fan might have been really excited about that. But then so we get Shaq and it's like, Okay, so that's the segment, because you know yeah, Chad well, and, didn't... Bri- and then Brian Cage jumps Cody, Ricky Stark yeah. shows up, and then Darby Allen comes to even the odds, and then that would lead to what the match was announced for next week. I, but I'm saying I left that segment hype because of Brandy. I was like, yeah, and that was the talk of the internet after the show was Brandy. And as my boy Rich would say, some people need to realize that the reason they don't like what Brandy does is because they just don't like Brandy. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> I'm like that was a hell of a performance and a hell of a promo, and you it's can't just deny it. Yeah, and you can't deny it. And if you are denying it, it's because you have a personal problem with her. Which you know what, everybody has their thing. Yeah, and honestly, it's like ah, uh, with the whole Shaq, I I love because we mentioned I mentioned this to my dad, and he he called it AEW jumping the shark, which I don't think necessarily is the case, just because. He has been in wrestling before. It's not like they just grabbed some random sports guy who's never been in the business before and then all of a sudden threw him in the ring. It's not the case. However, I do think that just announcing him by name doesn't get the same appeal as if you just saw him walk into the Daily's place. If the, he if he actually showed up and she didn't like say who it was, I think it would have caught people like it would have given you a bigger pop and it would have caught people way more off guard to be like, "Holy fucking shit." That's Shaq. Even if he didn't say anything. Even if he didn't his, say nothing. Just if his Probably presence being there. Probably more so he didn't there. say nothing. Yep. He comes out, looks at Cody, maybe points at him, and then walks out with Jade. That would have been awesome. There you go. Yeah, and again, I think Jade, ha- first of all, she's got a she's got a really strong look to her. Promo was okay. Like, like for like your first, for your first, I mean, first of all, your first promo on television is going to be scrutinized a lot because like you're, you're, you're truly introducing yourself right there. If people don't get like, have a good 
impression off of you that they like how your character is and like the first 30 seconds that you're out there you're probably gonna get eaten alive and she she didn't do terrible honestly she didn't do terrible she didn't do great but she didn't do terrible and i think like depending on what they end up deciding to do with her she has been signed depending on what they do with her and how she gels in the women's division more talent for the women's division is always good yeah, so, I mean, I I I, I want to see what she can do. They dropped her in the deep end. I mean, you she, get you, you get, threw her in a you threw her in a segment with Cody. So yeah, live TV go. with one of AEW's best promos, and he didn't talk, so it was all on her. And he gave her time, and like I said, I see a lot of potential there. I see a lot of potential there. And I, I mean, I think she can be great if she just sticks with it because that, that was great for what it was. First promo on live TV, never, never been on a wrestling show before. I think it was great for her, uh, where she is in her development. And you see a lot of building blocks for what could be a great promo. Yeah, totally. We then got the announcement that the AEW Championship will be defended. John Moxley versus Kenny Omega, December 2nd on AEW Dynamite. So if I'm looking at my calendar correctly, that is three weeks from last week, from this episode. Three weeks from this episode, we are getting Kenny Omega versus John Moxley. Not in an unsanctioned match, so technically they haven't wrestled before because it wasn't sanctioned. In an actual legitimate wrestling match for the title, John Moxley versus Kenny Omega should be crazy good. And I dropped everything I was doing and immediately went and bought a plane ticket, booked a hotel. There I you will go. be at that show. I'm like so jealous of you with just your your time that you can do that. It's so I'm so jealous. Yeah, uh, yeah. We I, then I, got. I work a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then the bunkhouse match between the Butcher and the Blade and the Natural Nightmares, Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall took place. First time I've seen a bunkhouse match and it gave off that Southern vibe, I will tell you that. And they beat the hell out of each other. I mean, guitar over the head of QT Marshall. And it got, like, the fact that, like, it was, like, a dusty old guitar and it wasn't, like, just, like, a new one they got just to get destroyed... And the the just the overall just dust flying off of it as the as it nailed QT in the head, I thought gave the shot and the spot so much more like pizzazz for some reason. Like Butcher what no, yeah, Butcher and Blade, they got busted open, QT got busted open good, and like they threw a lot into this match. It was it was really strong for Dynamite, I think, and it was probably, besides the main event, the strongest match on the show. But I I did enjoy the story going into it. Obviously, a lot of it was told through Dark, and then having Allie disappear for a little bit, and then all of a sudden showing up as the bunny again, reignited this rivalry. And I think this is a good, strong finish of the show, as the Natural Nightmares was able to get the victory. I think the finish of this um, wraps up the feud. And I think we're good. And now I think it's a good. I think it was QT's best performance, honestly. Yeah, it was a great performance. Uh, one thing I needed was the knee pads on top of the jeans. That was like a old yeah. tale of the bunkhouse match. And it was just like, I mean, you're talking 
to a person that probably watched some of the first bunkhouse matches. And the big thing about a bunkhouse match, it's just a street fight. I mean, there's nothing special. It's just a street fight. And, um, yeah, you gotta come, you're supposed to come dressed as you are. And you gotta come out with the jeans, and you gotta have the knee pads over the jeans. That's amazing. And the butcher and the blade, uh, somebody brought this up. This is not our original thought, uh, Floyd thought, but once they said it, I completely agreed with it. They are the, uh, the butcher, the blade and the bunny has the best some of the best aesthetic pro wrestling look that there is. It's like when they come out, you say, okay, those are pro wrestlers and you know what they do for a living. You know, they're bad guys and you know, they're about to mess somebody up. It's like, there's no doubt what they do. And I, I never even thought of it that way. But I was like, okay, you know, Cody, he comes out in a suit. So you might question what he does. The Lucha Bros, of course, you don't question what they do. But yes, they have a very a scary aesthetic about them. So I just, I was like, oh, that's kind of perfectly put. Yeah. And I'm... Honestly, I don't know where you go with the Natural Nightmares after this, but if this is sort of like their last match for a while, besides like doing some dark matches, I think that's fine, honestly. I, I imagine they're getting a title shot, so... A tag title match, yes. I, 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 I think I think the Young Bucks are going to need to run through some people. Get You know what they do? They like to get the defenses up really quick, so I think yes, they'll get 100%. a few good defenses in in November and December. Maybe be, you know, they do the anniversary show at the beginning of January. Maybe they get the title shot then. Yeah, I think that's possible. After this was the introduction and the induction of MJF and Wardlow into the inner circle. And first of all, Sammy wasn't there. Understandably so. He does not like him. Um, also, MJF quoted Drake two times. And I gotta say, as a fellow hip-hop head, if MJF is even a hip-hop head, if you're hip-hop references is not going to go farther than drake you're not a hip-hop head i'm sorry i have a friend of mine who's the biggest drake stan of all time but if your hip-hop knowledge doesn't extend past drake you're not a hip-hop head so mjf i appreciate the try failed uh, no see this is this this leans to mjf's genius Oh, yeah, no, I know. They know he's going to get in the inner circle. And, you know, you're going to be Chris Jericho, so you know people are going to like it and they're going to try to cheer you. What is the biggest thing to build heat to, with any hip-hop head? Quote Drake. <laughs> Quote Drake. It did little... say, I did say, I've never heard that before. That was my original one. <laughs> I just, those are my words. Yes, started from the bottom and now we're here, was my words. Not yes, Drake's. I don't know who Drake is. Um, and then after that, of course, um, MJF saying happy birthday to Chris Jericho. And then announced, we're going to go to Vegas. What's a, what's a COVID? I don't know what a COVID is. We're going to go to Vegas. But <laughs> segment was fine. Um, MJF getting choked up was great. The Drake part was really funny, especially because Ortiz was like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, and then afterwards, um, backstage, um, Sammy Guevara had a little interaction with him as MJF tried to mend wounds a little bit, it seemed. But Sammy's still not feeling him. But decent segment. Decent segment. Nothing amazing. Nothing crazy. It was decent. Yeah, it, it was what it was. It set the stage. Uh, we're probably going to get MJF versus Sammy fairly soon. Maybe if 
maybe for the spot in the inner circle. Like if MJF beats Sammy, uh, he has to leave the inner circle you know, or vice versa. I think that's a cool little feud there to for MJ to come out, MJF to come off on top on. Absolutely. We then had. Well, first of all, we had the announcement that um, uh, the Young Bucks will be facing Top Flight next week, a team that they see a lot of themselves in, an in- independent tag team that, that caught their eyes a couple months ago, and that they will be wrestling them next week on Dynamite. I have no idea who Top Flight is. I am very interested to see how it is. I mean, like, I didn't know who Private Party was when they first announced who they that they were going to be signed, but Private Party quickly grew to be one of my favorite teams in AEW. So I'm very intrigued to see what Top Flight will bring. Um, I'm sorry that my independent tag team knowledge is not as strong as I would want it to be, but I digress. And to me, if the tag team gods, the Young Bucks, because I think that's what they are now. It's like, I don't really like that they uh, beat my team, but the tag team gods say. themselves, the Young Bucks, give a team a seal of approval. That's pretty much all I need to hear. I'm in line yeah. with buying a ticket. <laughs> you know, because they're not just—they don't just do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's no, there's no need to question them. They, they, they haven't missed yet. I, they're, they're, they have a perfect passer rating at this point. Let, let me tell you a stat. So I have been, I've been live for a lot of wrestling shows, but I have been live for three melterated five-star tag team matches. All of them included the Young Bucks. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just like, come on. Come on, he's like, if you, if they're like, if you're naming your greatest tag teams of all time, and the Young Bucks aren't like in your list or in your conversation, I'm I'm just gonna turn off you my don't. ears and quit listening to you. I'm like, you have much. just lost all credibility. There, there you go. Yeah, the dudes just, just are amazing. I know I bury them on here in jest. It is literally in jest. I'm a Team FTR guy, but you know I love both tag teams immensely, and it's just like. But come on, every match, every time they have a big match, it's the best match, and it's a home run, and it's just like they're just that good, and it's just like they can wrestle different styles. I mean, it's still a young buck match, but they can you know incorporate the other teams' different styles in it into it, and it's just like they can work with teams that are established tag teams. They can work with teams that are not established tag teams. It doesn't matter, and they're gonna go out there and put on a, a match. And it's like, when is the last time like you've seen the Young Bucks have a sub four star in most people's mind match? And I'm saying in most people's mind, I, I'm I'm not a star guy. I'm not a but. A lot of times when it comes to quality, that's what people go to. So I try to use the common lingo. And it's like, when's the last time you watched a Young Buck match you didn't enjoy? Just put it that simple. Yeah. They, they just don't happen. No, it's not. It, you just don't see it happen at all. And in terms of their big matches, you really don't see it happen. But then we got to see Sean Spears and Scorpio Skies face off. This feud has been building for a good while as I drop my hair, my headphones. And honestly, I'm uh, the main thing that made me happy is that we got to see the loaded glove. We got to see the loaded glove, and it paid off for a good finish. People are gonna call me ridiculous. This was my favorite match of the night. Good, uh, honestly. Yeah, because of the the ending. It's just they at the beginning of AEW, the referees, the, their timing wasn't there. 
and the referee had to ignore a lot of fucked up shit that was happening, and it made the referees look stupid, right? This was done so perfectly. It was not, they, didn't, they didn't mess it up at all. <laughs> it, was it was perfect. Cool. I mean, the ref was looking was for it. <laughs> and he could just didn't catch him. <laughs> He's like, he was looking for it. And I just thought that was so awesome. Y'all know, I was geeking out because the ref was smart. He knew it was coming. And he still couldn't stop it because Tully was better. Sean was better. It was amazing. Scorpio gets screwed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I good way I, to continue this on too. Keep, keep good way to continue this on. Yeah, I, I totally get why this is because I knew once that glove got used in the way that they were planning to use it, you would be like, "Best match, not gonna, not gonna argue with it at all." Um, and we then had another one of the wrestlers that would appear on Dynamite who hasn't appeared recently. Like I said, Tay Conti with Anna Jay on her side facing off against another person who hasn't appeared recently on Dynamite, Red Velvet with Brandy Rhodes. By her side, who was very much kind of just going through the motions because she was still fucking heated from uh, the Cody segment. Um, and I just like the story of this match. It was a very basic match. Like, if you want to call it, like, well-wrestled, it's going to be a toss-up, I think, for some people. But the story overall that they told in the match where Anna Jay wanted Tay Conti to win dirty. Tay Conti, of course, considered it, but... Decided against it, won clean against Red Velvet, and was kind of like, like Anna, I didn't need that. And Dark Order watching behind, keeping an eye on it. Like they're always, I like just the idea of Dark Order always watching. It's always, it's always nice to see. And they, they hug. They're still friends. And Tay Conti, like, I just like the story overall of that. Like the match itself kind of just goes by just like, I, you, you know, know what? what? People might get mad at me and say, try to call me a shield, but I was actually impressed by the match because, yeah, sure. because you haven't seen Tay a lot on TV and you red velvet is basically been on dark and they put on a serviceable match. I, you know, like it was a, it told the story was no major, uh, you know, uh, was the botches or anything like that where you could just tell, you know, something went wrong. They went out and put out a quality match. And sometimes, before you can get the great, you just need to be good. You need to have a good, solid foundation. <laughs> yes, and this was a good. You're not gonna come out. You're not gonna come out on Dynamite on your first match and put on a five star classic match. You're just not gonna do that. Yeah, it's was like, this match amazing? Fun. No, it was good though. It was good, and you gotta be a good before you can get to great. Sure, yeah, and again, like I, I do genuinely appreciate the story that they use in the match because they could have easily have just done like a quick match yada 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 then like dark order appears and that's kind of it but they actually did some good stuff and i I like the idea of like like what they're doing with like these friends one of them's in the dark order one of them isn't and she's very much trying to convince her to go the other way and she's leaning she's not really she doesn't like the idea of it but she loves her best friend it's a good story it's a good story and i really want to see more of it but now we can get into the main event as eddie kingston comes out and says he, first of all, before the match started, he came out saying he would be the world champion despite the loss to Moxley at full gear. He jumps on commentary for this match. The main event, the rematch between the Lucha Bros, Penta El Zero Miedo versus Ray Phoenix. I cannot 
stop watching these two. Like, if they wrestled eight more times, I would watch it every time in bated breath. They're just fucking good. They're just really, really good. Like, I don't, I don't know what else you want me to say about the match. It's the Lucha Bros. They're freaking insane. I love the story that was told. Because if and I don't know if you caught this, but it was a continuation of the last match. Pentagon wouldn't go as far as he needed to go to beat Phoenix, and he got caught. This match, he went way further than he needed to to beat Phoenix. Oh yeah, no, he yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, but you remember the last match he had Phoenix, he had Phoenix down, and he's like he didn't want to do the kill shot, you know. And, and uh, Phoenix no. jumps up and finishes him, and it was like, oh shit, I'm never making this mistake again. I am going to treat you like I don't know you, and I'm going to try to murder you. And yeah. it, it seemed like Pentagon that I saw an impact, and the Pentagon I've heard about from Lucha Underground. We finally got to see him this Wednesday. Yeah, he was vicious in this match. And, like, Ray Phoenix obviously did freaking great in the last match. And the one slip-up, Penta realized, okay, he's my brother, but I don't give a fuck anymore. And just destroyed Phoenix in in the closing moments of the match. And eventually, Kingston... Uh, Eddie Kingston comes out, grabs the microphone, and then um, he uh, it's like, again, <laughs> freaking Penta, you're my best friend! You're my best friend! Which still kills me. Ray Phoenix gets pushed out of the ring with the heel of his butt, saying, you don't need that dead weight of a brother. And I was, I was taken aback. I was like, you motherfucker. I was like, I was... That, that hurt me way more. Than I thought I, it would. I, I have been at the beginning. I love the Lucha Bros as a tag team. I I've always loved Lucha Bros as a tag team. I f- I've I felt and I still feel that if AEW wants to go to that next level, you have to push them as single stars. I did too, but at the yeah. same time, the way that they did it, was yeah, oh yeah, no. out. Yeah, Just kicked him out. Kicked out of the ring, saying you don't need that dead weight of a brother. I was like, you fucking asshole. And then not only that, the bastard pack is back. Pack is back, and it's some bad news. And I'm, I'm just like, the, like so many moving, like so many plates are moving right now with AEW, and all of them are like spinning at hundred miles an hour. And it's like everything that's in motion in the company. Like, even the slow build of getting the women's division back on track, everything is moving to a point where I feel like at Revolution, shit's going to just explode. And it's like, if I cannot attend that show, if they don't move it to Chicago again, and we can't have fans in the stadium, I'm going to cry. Unfortunately, unfortunately, me being a very positive person, very positive person, I keep looking at the stats, and... It takes away from my positivity every day. Life is chipping away at the positive fluid that you know. <laughs> I, I, it sucks. It sucks. <laughs> yes, I, went I to, want my positive fluid. I went to a comedy show tonight and just let you know people were wearing masks. But social distancing wasn't a thing. It was yeah. a sold out crowd. We were on top of each other. And I'm like, I'm, t- I'm looking at them like my friend's like, 
you know the masks aren't going to help. We're, we're, we're too close to each other. Which hopefully, like, <laughs> I hope I hope after this, uh, and like if you guys get tested, hopefully you're doing okay. Yeah, if you're not okay. I hope you guys yeah, quarantine and, and, and stay safe. Well, the thing with me, I live most of my life as a quarantine. I stay in my house ninety percent of the time. I do get out for certain things. This was Jay from Jay and Silent Bob A and AEW for life. No, they were at the first show. If you don't remember, swag. They were there, and I just I I I wanted to support him. Because I honestly didn't think the show was going to draw that well because it was just Jay. It wasn't, you know, Silent Bob wasn't there. Oh, dude. Sold out all, like, five or six shows that they did, like, amazingly. So I was happy for that. But Oklahoma, as they say, don't fuck with COVID because, yeah, <laughs> they, we, we don't care. <laughs> yeah, but that was AEW Dynamite for this week and really good show really good show like i loved the fact like i said we got to see people that we haven't seen on dynamite in a really really long time and having more people on the show helps showcase your roster and show how good it can be and i think the more that you show your talent that you have i think is the more like it's going to make your roster that much better and i'm just really excited to see more people on dynamite and see different matches and whatnot and uh, this show was really really good i think and it was a good response a good move like good continuation of what happened at full gear keeping the momentum rolling there were some small parts obviously the segment uh with cody was saved very much so by brandy if she wasn't there it was probably going to be the one of their weaker segments and like it it's just you threw you threw her to the wolves and kind of just hoped that she could swim among them. Wolves don't swim, but I mean that's and that's the analogy I've gone with. Don't question it. But overall, I still think it was a really good show after Full Gear. Yeah, it was definitely a good show. Uh, yeah, um, just what was needed. It's building up to the next show. They're building up that December second show to be a monster show. So I'm guessing the next few weeks are going to be leading up to matches of that show. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun over the next few weeks. Um, before we do our quick preview of next week, I did want to go ahead and announce an um, uh, All Things Elite giveaway. In celebration of AEW games uh, on Pro Wrestling Tees or ShopAEW.com, they went ahead and put out AEW Games t-shirts. I am going to give three away on this three this week. We're going to do a random drawing for all three people. So it's getting, of course, like, comment, and retweet. You know, we do that thing. Tell us, you know, you know, actually tell us what you like about the show. I'm actually going to throw that one in there. I'm going to remember this time. Like, uh, you know, like, uh, retweet comment with what you like about the show you know you do the other things but the comment is your entry that's how i'm going to count your entry is the comment and just tell us what you like about the show tell us how excited you are about AEW games just tell us something good you know about AEW and what you're looking forward to i'm not going to be like strict well if that wasn't something about the show i'm just like i like giving away things i like you know like i said when you win something, no matter if it's like a racer or whatever, just hearing your name and being drawn gives you excitement. This is 
the season, the holidays are coming up, Thanksgiving, Christmas, or whatever you celebrate, they're all coming around the corner, and I just want to start uh, and get into giving uh, seasons of giving by giving away some shirts. So make sure you join us, tell your friends about it, so we can get a lot of participation. You get Basically, you get three chances to win. Yeah. So be sure to enter in that. It'll be on our Twitter, which I will be sharing all of our Twitters after this. But real quick, we have a few matches that have been announced for next week's Dynamite that we'll go over real quick. The Bastard Pack will be having his first match back as he faces the Blade in singles competitions. We're also going to have the tag team of Team Taz, FTW champion Brian Cage and Ricky Starks, versus Cody Rhodes and the new TNT champion Darby Allin. We're also going to have Kip Sabian versus Orange Cassidy, freshly squeezed. The Young Bucks versus Top Flight, like we said. And we're going to have the NWA Women's Championship being defended. Serena Deeb and the rematch against Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa will be getting a shot to get her title back, which, honestly, I'm, I'm looking forward to. And, honestly, I'm really excited to see how this rematch goes. And I want Nick Aldis to show up. I'm at that I was point. Gonna say. Yes, I really want Nick Aldis to show up. I mean, I, of course, AEW does need help in the women's division, so it does make sense to be working with the NWA Women's Champion. I want Aldis to show up. I just like, think that would be cool. Even if it's on commentary. Yeah, even if it's on commentary to help with the NWA Women's Match, I want Aldis. And, of course, I'm going to forever clamor for Cody versus Aldis 3. Yeah, I mean, like, there you go. Yeah. And... I mean, Top Flight's debut. The Young Bucks haven't steered me wrong with a tag team that they've introduced to AEW. I'm interested to see how they go. I mean, tag team of Cody and Darby as like uh, story. I don't trust it. I don't I trust don't, it at all. I don't trust it. Darby is the the worst tag team partner in the history of AEW. It's not, it's not good, man. <laughs> it's like so. I, I'm just hoping Cody at least has him as a tag team partner 50% of the match because, you know, if he sees a shiny object, he'll run off or maybe a skateboard and go jump off of a building and then Cody ends up getting beat up. Good thing Will Hobbs has kind of been having her back and Cody has yes. a whole gang of the Nightmare family. But good Lord, it was like, oh, Cody. I was like, Cody and Will Hobbs. And they were like, Cody and Darby. I was like, uh. I will say one thing I forgot to mention about Darby Allen too this week. The thumbtack jacket is pros- is quite possibly one of my favorite things ever introduced introduced in wrestling ever. It's so stupidly ridiculous that I love it. Absolutely. It's so dumb, but I love that he He just runs <laughs> at somebody, turns his back to him, and shoves thumbtacks into their body. Yep, it's just so throw his body insane. at him. It, it is insane. I, I think it's the one of the cooler inventions he's come up with. I'm not a big Darby fan, but I think that is super, I thought that was super cool. Now, he can go a long way of getting me to the level of fandom of Darby by, you know, just staying in the ring for the tag match. That's it. I don't know if that'll just happen. like when Cody reaches out for the tag, tag him back. And then go into the ring and be like, man, me and Darby are cool. But I have a feeling, I have a feeling that Darby's not going to be there for the whole match. Might not, it might not go well, yeah. It might not go well. But other than that, that's going to do it for All Things Elite this week. We want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Make sure you enter the giveaway, which will be on our Twitter account very soon. 
And again, that's at AT Elite Pod on Twitter. Download the show. We really appreciate it. It helps us with numbers because numbers are important. So Google or Apple Podcasts, download. Spotify listeners, you can't download, but you can share and subscribe on Spotify. We would appreciate that very, very much. And leave a rating or review if you enjoyed the show. We would appreciate it. Even if you didn't enjoy the show, let us know what we could do better. And if you want, you can also leave a donation through Red Circle. We would be super appreciative of that. On Twitter, at AT Elite Pod. Again, that will be where the where the giveaway will be taking place at social suplex. Those are the guys that help us make this show possible. Please give them the love and support that they deserve myself. I am at S zoomer Four. I am safe to follow. I promise. Like I'm done with politics now for a while. You can follow me now. It's it, I won't spam your timeline. I promise you. And I tweet some funny shit sometimes. Um, and I have some stuff on YouTube coming up very soon that I'll be sharing there. Um, and I'm very excited to talk about them. And at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter for Floyd, my good friend. Now, Floyd, the man who is at full gear and I'm unbelievably jealous of. He will take us home tonight on this episode of All Things Elite. Floyd, take it away. Yes, I never do this, but make sure from now to January 1st, you are following at Floyd Johnson Jr., I am going to be doing at random giveaways at times. Just if I feel, if the feeling hits me and I see something pretty, I might give it away. So make sure you're following it because uh, I'll probably be referring you to this page to enter the contest. But make sure you follow me because that's where the announcements are going to be coming first. And of course, this show will be out on Sunday. All I want to say is as we get into the season of giving, look out, keep your eyes open for ways that you can help your fellow man. Uh, I, 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 there was really nothing I can add to that. Just keep your eyes open. Help your fellow human. If you need help, don't be afraid to ask because this is the time of year. You should be in the mood all the time, but this is the time of year that you can really look out there. It's getting cold. People need jackets, clothes, whatever you may be able to do. And it doesn't have to be money. It could just be being nice and sharing a smile for with to somebody that looks like they're having a bad day. But, uh, yeah, that's the positivity. I think you, I will always say you are the energy that you put out in the world. So I tell everyone to try to be the best and pull out their positive energy. And with that, I will say whether it's home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite.